0: everyone, and here we are, motivating you to live more creatively. I'm Rod Jones.
1: And I'm Inji Jones. Welcome to the Thought Robe Podcast. We invite you to subscribe wherever you listen, and we are available virtually anywhere you listen to podcasts.
0: And no matter what you do creatively, this is the podcast for you. So, Inji, what are we mm-hmm. discussing today?
1: Well, today we're going to be speaking with Tuya Naronin. I love her name. It sounds so lyrical That's a and name. so pretty. Um, she's a very accomplished creator of floral arrangements, but she has a very particular style of floral arranging. Though it's called Ikebana, which is a Japanese way of arranging flowers. It was intru- introduced into Japan in the sixth century by Chinese Buddhist missionaries, who had formalized the ritual of offering flowers to Buddha. The art is based on the harmony of simple linear constructions and the appreciation of the subtle beauty of flowers and natural materials like branches and stems.
0: Wow, this is interesting. You know, that's a truly tactile art in every sense. Yes, so true. Very true. Well, before we get into that, how about it's time for Yuanji's quote? Okay.
1: So our quote for this week is, if we could see the miracle of a single flower, clearly our whole lives would change. And that is by Buddha. So it really fits with our topic today.
0: Oh, you picked a perfect quote.
1: Yeah, I think it does. I I think it really does talk about the miracle of flowers and plants and things like that.
0: When I think of flowers, I think of their colors.
1: Mm-hmm. Nothing in this that.
0: world is as colorful as flowers. I mean, they come in every conceivable, manageable—if I could say that—manageable, manageable, <laughs> manageable <laughs> color you could possibly imagine. Mm-hmm. And there's no artist alive that has ever truly been able to capture them. I suppose uh, Monet did to a degree. I was going to say
1: Monet would agree with you.
0: Yeah, on but that one. you know, they all tried, and they all use that lavender paint to try to capture the shadow side of a flower. But when you look at a flower, they just simply are absolutely beautiful, mm-hmm. not to mention how they smell.
1: So true. And you know, while you were saying that, what really came to my mind is when we describe flowers, it's very different than how we describe maybe someone in a crowd or a person. Like sometimes you'll look at them and go, oh, that person's so you know, beautiful or stunning. And then maybe there's someone that's maybe not so kempt. So you go, oh, I'm, i I'd very unattractive. I don't, I don't, that's not really agreeing with me or whatever. But with flowers, no matter what they look like, even maybe the strange ones that we're not accustomed to, we say they're exotic or they're different or they're, you know, very intriguing. So maybe we should adopt a more of a, how we describe a flower, we should describe one another that way.
0: That's interesting. That's an interesting point of view. Yeah. Flowers have an architecture to themselves, which kind of plays into what we're going to be discussing later Truth with our that. guest.
1: Yes, very but much so.
0: The the flower, just the essence of it and how they smell. But, you know, flowers do decay. And as yes. they decay... They still have additional uses. I mean, what were you saying about a bouquet of flower for a wedding bouquet? What Were oh, you telling yeah. me? Oh, yeah.
1: I was. I was hearing some people when instead of just trying to save it and dry it, because sometimes then they get to the point where you can't even keep them dried because they're falling apart, is making them into a potpourri so you can put um, essential oils in it, and it makes your environment smell pretty, and you still have your bouquet from your wedding or special occasion.
0: I thought people put them in a baggie and stuck them in the freezer.
1: No, that's the cake.
0: Cake and flowers.
1: You can't do the (laughs) flowers. I don't think, I think they would just get kind of shrivelly and
0: crunchy and
1: and frozen. Oh, well, (laughs) but no, just the cake, just cake. Okay. So this time we are going to go to a new segment, which Rod is very excited about because it's called Rod's, motivational moment, and I know you guys are going to love it. And Rod, what do you have for us today?
0: Do it now. If there's one thing that we've learned from talking to our guests, and we've learned this in our own lives, is to start your ambitions now. Don't wait for the perfect time, because guess what? It simply does not exist. Do it now.
1: Oh, gosh, that's so true. That's so true. I think I've heard you say that. A dozen times at least. And I know you've told me that when I've had doubts when I was much younger. Oh, I'm not old enough to do this. I don't have experience. I don't know. You know, I don't know what to do. I I think that you're right. You just got to go out there and do it because you'll get the experience and time will pass and you will get older.
0: (laughs) Well, what I often say to people is, what are you waiting for? There is not yes. going to be a perfect time. The earlier you start, the better you're going to become at it. Mm-hmm. But it gives a person a lot of uh, a sense of joy as they accomplish things. People that accomplish something creatively feel really good about themselves. I mean, we know that when we when mm-hmm. we talk to our various guests, oh, we yeah. can tell how passionate they are. And, and we've learned a lot from their passions. And it's been really motivational for our listeners.
1: It is, and and it's amazing how much you learn from their experiences and the setbacks they've had, or just their doubts, their own self doubts. And it's like, oh, you go, I I can relate to that a hundred percent because, you know, just because it, they do flower arranging and you don't, it it still applies as far as their feelings and their and their creative process because. Each person's creative process, there's a relatable experience in there for somebody.
0: And that's why we try to talk to different people that are doing different things creatively. We don't just focus on people that are brush artists. Right. You know, we try to hit people that are creative in all walks of life. Right. Which kind of makes me think of how long, you know, are you creative and will you ever achieve total creative success? It's always a work in progress. Right. And you and I talked about Pablo Casals who played the cello. Right. The interesting thing about him, Lisa, I always love this story mm-hmm. about him. In his 80s and 90s, people would ask him, you know, you're practicing every day, how come you're practicing? And he would always reply pretty much with the same answer. He would say, "I think I'm making progress." And then he would <laughs> say, "I think I'm making some improvement." I love now, it. you know, that is dedication to creative output and you can't imagine how much that he has learned. You, you get his point in his career. Mm-hmm. He's famous, right? You would say, right. well, he just can't get any better, but even he never thought that he it was going to get any better. He just kept practicing and practicing and you know, you, you know what? He did get better.
1: Well, also I like that he didn't get stagnant because he's an expert in his field, but yet he still has curiosity to want to learn more and techniques and just to grow as a person because each day you see things a little differently. So I really liked his fresh approach, even though he was older, he was keeping his mind very open and youthful and not closing off.
0: Well, we've all had this experience. We've picked up, like in my case, I picked up a painting that I did 20 years ago and I go, God, what were you thinking? And, (laughs) um, but you know what? Sometimes sometimes I, yeah, well, sometimes I look at them and I go, wow, you know, you haven't gotten any better. You seem to be getting worse. So, you know, they're all, they're all, uh, they all have their moment in time and they all present themselves the way they're supposed to present themselves at that part of your creative journey. And that's what I really love about creativity.
1: So true. And then also though, Not everyone has an occupation where they feel it's really rewarding for them. And a creative outlet can be just what they need to bring joy back in their life.
0: There's been numerous accounts of people that became very successful or achieved a lot of notoriety while they were doing a mundane task from nine to five or whatever their hours were. Uh, they were busy working in a mail room or in that one story I like to tell about Eric Hoffer. He was a stevedore.
1: A stevedore? What is a stevedore?
0: That is a kind of a cool name for people that load and unload ships.
1: Oh, gosh. I thought you were going to say he was like an assistant to a sommelier because it sounds like sommelier and then stevedore. They kind of go together. It didn't sound like something you'd do.
0: Well, well he, like you know, you're right. It, it sounds so different. Okay, I'll call him a longshoreman. Okay. As a longshoreman, <laughs> he would write every single night. He never really told his buddies, his fellow workers, what he was doing. And ultimately, he published a book, and the book became a, a Nobel Prize winner in wow. literature. See? And I don't know, it's hard to say, what he, he didn't write about loading and unloading ships, well, no. his, his uh, novel was completely different from what his lifestyle was but there's so many people that do that i have to think about what my own father did
1: yeah so what he, did he do
0: well he he had his own business and he worked his business generally mm-hmm. 8 to 10 hours a day sometimes he had to put in a little more hours but he would come home and he started digging a whole next door house Mm -hmm. and he built a basement and then he built the floor and then he built a guest house and Mm -hmm. then he built a loft in that guest house, which ended up being my bedroom. But I noticed that my dad was the happiest. I mean, Mm -hmm. He he liked his business and he enjoyed what he was doing and it was successful. But it seemed to me like he was the happiest when he was building something with his hands.
1: But he, he owned a paint store. So that way he had a lot of pressures of running his own business and dealing with people coming in and out.
0: Yeah, he had to deal with the public and and that could be problematic, as we all know. And then when he was building our guest house, he was pretty much by himself. I mean, I was kind of young, so I couldn't help him a whole lot. I did occasionally, Mm -hmm. but he pretty much built that thing all by himself. And the day he completed it, I know he was looking Am I going to dig another <laughs> hole somewhere?
1: Yeah, where am <laughs> and, I going to start Am going to
0: add a wing onto our home? Right. It, was that, really...
1: it gave him a creative outlet and also like a physical
0: outlet too where yeah, you're yeah, working exercise. with your hands. Yeah, and... absolutely. You get a lot of exercise on it. Yeah. So we, Angie and I, encourage people, don't wait. No. If you've got something that you really are passionate about, like you go, oh, well, I want to start writing someday, that someday is dangerous Forget someday, do it now, don't wait, start that now. I've talked to people that are older. They're mm-hmm. Well, I'm not going to say what age they are because I already talk about my own that much. But the point being is, is they are older and they never really got into their, the creative thing that they always wanted to do. They right. said, oh, ever since I was a child, I wanted to paint or I wanted to dance or I wanted to sing or I wanted to join a choir, Finally, I always say, well, then go join your church choir. I said, at least start somewhere.
1: Something, somewhere along the line. Agree. Yeah. Agree.
0: Well, I think it's time to chat with our guest, and I'm really excited about our guest today. Me too. Tulia, welcome to the Thought Row podcast. Both Angie and I have been really, really looking forward to chatting with you.
2: Yes. Hi, Tuya. So good to have you with us today. Hi, Mr. and Mrs. Jones. Thanks for inviting me. Oh, you're so this welcome. This is going to be really fun. Thank you.
0: Um, I wanted to start out by telling everyone that I've been following you on Instagram for quite some time. And I really have enjoyed seeing your posts of your floral arrangements you have been very inspirational to me and actually to Inji. I've learned some of your tricks and some of your suggestions on taking care of plants.
1: Yeah, that's right. Tuya actually helped rehabilitate one of our sad plants that was not doing so well. And now it's doing fantastic. So thank you, Tuya, for helping our plants.
2: <laughs> it's nice to know yeah. I helped you. You did on the other side of the world, it, yeah. exactly.
0: Yeah, really. To say that you create beautiful floral arrangements, in my opinion, is really not giving you the proper credit you deserve. Your designs go way beyond a vase and what somebody might throw a couple flowers in or find a pretty pot.
2: Yes, oh, thank you. So nice to hear. Yeah, <laughs> I seldom get any feedback, <laughs> so it's really nice. I get feedback from America. Yeah, oh, on the really? other side of the
0: world for you, really, huh? Is that where most of mm. your
2: feedback comes from? Yeah, hardly anyone from Finland follows me on Instagram, for example. And my Facebook is completely dead. <laughs> oh, wow. I get nothing from there. And I haven't noticed most of my followers are from U.S. and Japan, actually. Well,
0: yeah. oh, I would think Japan. Yeah, japan. japan
2: makes sense because yeah, of their, japan, what you japan yeah. And it's nice to get also feedback because I get nothing from Finland. <laughs> Sorry to say, but oh, interesting though. What I do is not really a big thing in here.
1: Mm-hmm. I can see that, but you know, I, I think it's just um, we're so global right now. And different people uh, enjoy different styles of, you know, like the floral arranging you do, which we're going to cover a little later. So it's, you know, you're you're bringing a new window of creativity to people all around the world.
2: Yeah. Yeah. And it's true. There are so many people in this world. So there's always, you always find. Yeah, exactly. Your tribe from somewhere. Exactly. If not in your home country, so elsewhere. Mm.
1: That's very true. And then also this morning, I almost forgot to ask you, we always ask all of our guests, what did you have for breakfast? What did you have for breakfast this morning, Tuya?
2: Same as always, two slices of toast, one with orange marmalade and one with cheese, and then lots of coffee, lots and lots of coffee. (laughs) I'm very addicted to coffee. And then quark, yogurt, yogurt, quark. yeah, (laughs) So really
1: really a healthy breakfast. And it's really interesting that so many guests say they have the same thing each morning for breakfast.
0: Yeah, and marmalade seems to pop up quite often. Marmalade pops up a lot. So interesting. Certainly one of my favorites.
1: Yeah. I'm kind of, Mm. I don't know about marmalade. There's days that I like it and other days
0: I don't. No, I love it. Yeah, I know you like it. Especially homemade marmalade, (laughs) which I never get.
1: Which, yeah, who makes that? (laughs) I don't.
0: Julia, you live in Finland. Uh, most people would assume that you don't have a, a long growing season or if, uh, any kind of growing season. Or if you do have one, it's probably very short. Where do you get your flowers and your other materials you use to build
2: your creations? Yeah, it's true. We have a very short growing season, maybe two, three months in the summer. And that's a bit sensitive question, for <laughs> to talk about the flowers. because. They are all imported from abroad. Like Netherlands is the big uh, European flower market, yeah. so most cut flowers come from Netherlands or through Netherlands. They might originally come from South America or Africa. I say it's uh, yeah a sensitive sensitive question because it doesn't sound very ecological, does it? Mm-hmm. To import flowers from no, South not. America to Finland. Yeah, no. But you they need are- it. Yeah, <laughs> do I? Yeah. I have a bit of ethical problem with that. Yeah, to be quite honest. There are a couple of growers that will grow cut flowers in greenhouses during the winter time. also in Finland. There used to be more, way more. But now, mm, since the economy is so global, mm-hmm. it doesn't make really sense because it's uh, cheaper to import cut flowers from abroad like from south america for example sad but true. but i don't know even if it, if they would be grown in finland that would mean they would be grown in greenhouses and you have to heat them in winter time mm-hmm. and also you need the grow lights. so that wouldn't be very ecological either would it
1: yeah, it wouldn't. I mean, it, it requires so much energy at that yeah. point, electricity. <laughs> I,
0: I know here we have a big floral mart in downtown Los Angeles, mm-hmm. and that's where I think all the florists and other people that want to get fresh flowers that are shipped in daily from all over the world, actually, they go down to these warehouses and that's where they buy their flowers. Where do you go when you want to uh, select flowers?
2: I just go to uh nearest florist mm-hmm. shop, like mm-hmm. flower shop. But of course in uh summertime we have like even though I don't have a garden, we have a lot of wildflowers, mm-hmm. native flowers. Mm-hmm. So I try to use them as much as I can. But it's <laughs> it's funny because everything blooms uh during like two weeks in the end of june really <laughs> and then there's so much flowers you know, during two weeks and then very fast there's nothing
0: there's not and of
2: course do. the nord nordic flowers they are really small they are nothing fancy mm-hmm. not like lilies or anything like they're really small but still i'd like to use them as much as i can
1: yeah
0: oh, i've recognized them in some of your uh, arrangements yeah. Where you've used the small, very small, tiny flowers. Yeah, they're Very delicate. colorful, delicate. Yeah.
1: Very delicate. Now, um, earlier we were talking about the type of floral arranging you do, and it's a Japanese term for the style of floral designs that you create. What is that called?
2: Ikebana, and I'm doing specifically Soketsu ikebana. Oh, wow. That's so, yeah. that's so <laughs> that's, interesting. That's, because they are...
0: That's fascinating and that you have a style within a style, it sounds yes. like.
2: Yeah, because there are so, Ikepana is not one thing. Mm-hmm. Like Western flower arranging, uh, I guess, isn't one thing. There are many styles or sunrace. Right. So, so there are like hundreds also in Japanese ikebana. Does
0: that mm-hmm. have to do with what you select, like flowers as opposed to maybe
2: succulents? No, not really. And I have to say, I didn't have to choose between the chanres, Ikepana chanres, because in Finland there are only like Soketsu teachers. I couldn't find anyone else. <laughs> so I didn't have to choose. Soketsu Ikepana is pretty new, Ikepana chanre or school, like they call it. Mm-hmm. Uh It was founded in 1920s and the oldest schools or chanres mm-hmm. are like hundreds of years old. So. Socket, so maybe it's more free, like more freestyle, Okay. Not okay. so strict. Also the varia variety of materials you can use is wider. You okay. can you don't need to use flowers at all.
1: Oh, so you don't even need to use flowers. So it,
2: yeah, you can do arrangements from anything really and use any materials. Wow.
1: It sounds like you're so passionate about what you're doing creatively. What is your greatest joy when you create something? And when you're complete with your arrangement, I mean, how do you know when you're done?
2: Greatest joy. I still consider myself as being a beginner, even though I have done this for six years now. Uh Uh, (laughs) So I have had like very big technical difficulties, like how to... Make the arrangement so that it stays put, but it doesn't fall apart and everything stays in a place. Yeah. So, yeah, uh, I feel quite sorry.
0: Balancing act, right? You have to have everything Uh,
2: balancing. You have to balance. Exactly. Yeah. The arrangement are not symmetrical. So other side is heavier than the other. Yeah. It's really about balancing. Because the That's really interesting. one way thing in Ikebana is that it shouldn't be; it should never be symmetrical. It should always be asymmetrical arrangement. So I have had like great difficulties with the technical side of it. So I'm always beat when it stays put and doesn't fall apart. That gives me joy. Huh?
1: You know, when you're when you were talking about this, it made me think about the mobiles when people make mobiles
0: I was thinking the very same thing
1: artwork where it has to be balanced so it can float in the air and that's kind of the same thing you're doing a a floral arrangement mobile basically and it's it's really cool because you have to have this balance otherwise the whole thing is just going to fall apart
2: yeah yeah very often I have wished I would have done something in construction work or maybe if I have had mm-hmm. background in construction some way. <laughs> yeah, no, I could see that because you really have to yeah. do it. Building. So it would be so much easier. Now I have to, basically I try and I learn by trial and error all the time.
0: You know, that leads Maybe me, if I had it,
2: some like physical background, it would be easier.
1: <laughs> yeah,
0: that leads me to this question because you're just kind of answering it. Yeah, you are. Um, We'd love to know what your creative process is like.
2: Yeah. What she was kind of you, leading yes. to actually. <laughs> it's trial and error. It starts from like material. Maybe I find some interesting looking brands. Yeah. Outdoors. And I, oh, this is this is beautiful. I'm gonna make something with this or some sort of vase or something. It starts from that. And then I just I just try things and it leads me somewhere in some point. <laughs>
0: it always seems to lead you to the right place because they yeah, are, absolutely. they all okay. are spectacular. Thank you. I, don't, I don't think I've ever seen one of your posts that I didn't like.
2: So oh, true. thank you so much. But really, it's trial and error, and I don't know where it goes and where it leads. and. Yeah.
0: <laughs> well that you know that's the creative process yes. in general. I mean when Angie and I paint and other people that we've talked to that are potters or people that sculpt or even people that compose music and writers right. it's always trial and error. You you get your best results I think by your experimentation. I always refer to my art as experiments because they always are different and you're constantly massaging it and changing things. But every once in a while, one really stands out. You're pretty good because your stuff consistently looks good.
1: Yeah, it does. Oh, thank you. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I know that Rod and I wondered, what does your workspace look like? Do you have a special workspace or or how are you working when you do your arranging?
2: Mm. (laughs) My workspace... It's a small table, really. Uh-huh. It's 120 centimeters by 60 centimeters. You don't use centimeters or meters in US, but I can tell you it's not big. <laughs> so I have one table in the corner of our living room. I work there or I have to make space in our living room, maybe uh-huh. because I take pictures so that the background wouldn't be very messy. I have to clear right. some space right. or maybe I work in the kids and <laughs> right. I have to clear the space for myself I don't have a I don't have a own room I used to rent a warehouse when I was really excited about Ikepana in the beginning mm-hmm. so I had but it was too expensive and of course uh, I was a mother I had a 12 year old I couldn't really I felt bad about going into there to work with Ikepana because I had been in working Mm -hmm. in my day job all day and then I wasn't at home with my kids so it wasn't at that time point point, it wasn't good well
0: to you you, just so you know you are one of the millions of artists that create exactly that way not everybody has a large space and not everybody needs a large space Mm -hmm. so it doesn't matter I mean to us you're doing a really good job in the space that you're working in
2: yeah. yeah, thank you. My husband often hopes I would do miniatures, like very small arrangements, <laughs> because they wouldn't take much place. And I have an oldest, I tend to do two big things, so I have problems with the photography because they are so big. <laughs> oh, yeah, because yeah. you need
1: to get far enough away.
0: I think all creative people try to envision what the end result is going to be. When you're practicing Ikembana... Do you have an idea of what it's going to end up looking like? Or I think you mentioned before, it's trial and error. Is that pretty much how you approach it?
2: It is pretty much trial and error. But I know I should learn to make some kind of plan. That's part of the Ikebana. You should be able to plan also. And especially if you're going to make arrangement for like public places or so, so you could, yeah. you should be able to show like what it's going to be like.
0: Well, if you're having and a theme, no,
2: because,
0: uh, yeah. If it's a, if you have a mm-hmm. theme for like a, a wedding or a gallery opening, yeah. Are there colors? I guess mm-hmm. there are colors. That. I guess yeah. that you'd have to think about.
2: Yeah, mm-hmm. of course. Because I'm still a student of ikebana, and I'll, I'll be for my life, for the rest of life. It's a <laughs> slow thing to learn. It takes forever, and there are so many stages in it. If I get assignments from my ikebana sensei teacher uh-huh. so there's always a team so i have to somehow please her my teacher tell us about that tell us, us about, about your, your sensei i
1: would love well, to i've heard that. i heard
0: that term you know in other areas
1: like in martial arts like in martial yeah.
0: arts but you have a sensei tell yeah. us tell us about that that's fascinating
2: my sensei is heidi vekelius she lives down in helsinki so mm. we live about 350 kilometers apart like three and a half hours apart and I'm so thankful for her because she doesn't leave me alone like (laughs) maybe there's something I think there has been a year I haven't like called her or she hasn't heard anything about me but then he calls me Uh like when I'm really down she calls me (laughs) and like says what's about Ikepana what are you going to do next Maybe this and that. And then I, then I do it. For the last year, I haven't I haven't been down in Helsinki because, well, because of the corona. Right. Sure. Right. That uh, she wouldn't get sick or her husband wouldn't get sick. So I've been doing arrangements at home and I send pictures to her or we have a video like call. So oh, that's, that's
0: great. Nice. That is excellent.
2: So you're
1: staying but, uh, connected <laughs> with your, your sensei yeah, and your art Yeah, but community. she's like she's
2: like amazing she's 70 plus 70 something and she has been studying Ikepana since 1990s and has been teaching for years and years and yeah so that's so cool (laughs) she believes in me and she wants me to go on and maybe become an Ikepana teacher so that that there would be Ikepana teachers also outside the Helsinki because now all the teachers in Finland are down in Helsinki city.
1: Oh, see, there's an opportunity for you then. She's grooming you to yeah. be yeah, I agree. a teacher. <coughs> I, I agree
0: it. with your sensei. She's yes. got the perfect student. She really does. Yeah, you're a good you're a good student, but you're also very talented and she obviously sees that.
1: Mm-hmm. Also, uh, you know, I suspect like most creative people, you're inspired by what you're creating. Tell us why you decided to pursue this form of creativity.
2: Mm, Why? Yeah, because I was working as a World War II veteran assistant, like assisting those veterans that uh, still were alive a few years ago. And I met this lady whose son was living in Japan, and she had a lot of stuff from Japan in her house. And she used to tell me, Things about Japan and, well, I, I always know there is something like, something called Mm Ikebana, but only then (laughs) I got interested about it because I wanted, I wanted to do something creative, but I haven't found my, I didn't know what. (laughs) Painting would have been like too difficult, I thought, but uh, in Ikebana, you are combining things that are that already exists. you don't have to create everything from the scratch right right like you combine ready-made you you combine ready-made objects and flowers they are they are already there you just combine them
0: also it's very tactile you know you get to use your hands it's very it's kind of a mm-hmm. physical creativity yeah. which is nice
1: yeah so true
0: you know, I I know you photograph your creations because that's how I have had the opportunity to view them. And probably the only way I could review them based on how long they probably last, I'd have to fly to Finland <laughs> to look at your yeah. work firsthand. Yeah. As I've had the opportunity to see all of these creations that you've done over the last few years. I mean, I've been following you for a long time. How long have you actually been doing this? But I think it just answer that question you've been doing this for around six years is that correct
2: yeah and i started to publish the pictures uh right from the beginning i haven't uh censorized myself at all in that sense i've published anything like i didn't matter how it looked i just published it because i thought i have nothing to lose i know you wanted to ask rod
1: um about podcast the podcast in finland yeah
0: I know people that listen to our podcast are going to be fascinated by where you live. Tell us what it's like to live in Finland, Julia.
2: Well, I don't have experience about... I've lived in Germany and I've lived in Austria, in Europe for a year in both places. So it's really hard to tell (laughs) because I haven't been in the US, for example, Mm -hmm. but... I live in central Finland. I don't live in the northeast north or I don't live in the south, not east, not in the west coast where there's sea. Mm-hmm. So it's inland, but uh, this is a lake district. We have lots of lake and rivers. You can see like water everywhere and forest, lots of forest, <laughs> water beautiful. and forest. It does sound beautiful. And people live really spread out here, like Insi already guessed yes. you. So there's a, uh, there's a town and then you have to drive maybe 100 or 150 kilometers to next town and there are tiny little small villages in between mm-hmm. and agriculture, a lot of the bee- fields by the roadside, Mm -hmm. long winters, dark winters.
0: (laughs) I think I got so fascinated by what you were saying before when I started my next question. I was thinking all of that you were saying. It was kind of exciting. But I I think the next question is coming from Angie.
1: Yeah. Um, You mentioned earlier about how you have periods of darkness in the winter periods. time, yeah, long periods of darkness, and I can imagine that your floral compositions probably lighten, brighten and lighten your home and soul during those dark times. Can you tell us about that?
2: Well, I would say the main thing is that when I'm doing arrangement, I forget everything else, so I'm so concentrated into that like little thing right, <laughs> for those objects I'm uh, combining. So I forget where I am and what time it is. And I think that's the main point. You don't feel sorry for yourself <laughs> and the darkness. Yes. Because oh, you forget everything else.
0: That's good. That's, that's great. That's true
1: creativity when you lose yourself in time and you're just in yourself. You're in your groove.
0: I think I have seen some posts where you've shown pets. And I guess, do you have any pets that... Currently, that play with your arrangements? <laughs> um, and how do you keep them from destroying them? I know we had a cat that used to, anytime we put anything out with flowers on it, he was fascinated by it. Besides just smelling them, he'd sit there and bat them for whatever reason. He'd play with them. And then
1: our daughter's dog currently, well, I have a few pots on the floor and, I'm trying to grow these avocado plants and he comes and, he, and she tries to take them out because she thinks it's a ball to take out. So she likes to garden. So do you have any pets that come and, and help you garden sometimes?
2: Well, I have to say our fins, our two tabby girls, they are really well behaving. We have had them since last October. Mm-hmm. So they have been with us five, six months. They're not at all interested about what I'm doing. Oh, that's good. They don't bother me at all. I can do the arrangement, no problem. And I can leave them overnight for a week. They're not at all interested. They don't want to break them. They don't want to eat the flowers. They, they don't want to <laughs> smash the vases. Nice. Uh, but I know cats can be yeah, totally different.
1: They can be naughty sometimes. That's for sure.
2: Yeah.
0: Maybe your cats need to go talk to your sensei. <laughs> they could learn.
1: They could learn something. Um, I wanted to know where do you get your materials? Like your, I know you said you go to the florist for the flowers, but do you have a special place you go for the vases or other materials you use?
2: Thrift stores, secondhand shops, all sorts, flea oh, cool. markets. I've also done dumpster diving. Do you know what that is? Yes. Oh, yeah.
0: Unfortunately, we all know what, that is. <laughs> we know what that
1: is. But that's good. You're repurposing things that, you know, people are discarding, but you're making it into something beautiful. That's the best of
2: all. Really. Yeah. And hardware stores, everything nice. like that. Very cool.
0: The art form that you've mastered brings a lot of beauty and joy to everyone that has the opportunity to see them. And my question is. And I already kind of know this because that's how I met you. That's how Angie and I met you. Mm-hmm. But how has social media helped you?
2: Well, mainly getting inspiration for myself. And I'd like to mention YouTube because I have watched so many videos in YouTube about Ikebana and yeah. Ikebana artists and other artists like sculptors and everything like that. So I get inspiration and knowledge from there a lot. -hmm. And Instagram. Yeah, it's nice. Also from Instagram, I follow very many like artists and Ikepana artists, Mm -hmm. especially. Yeah. I get inspiration from there. But the problem is (laughs) maybe I see too many pictures. So I get confused and it it kind of bugs me somehow. Sometimes I try not to look so many pictures and videos. So
1: I think that's true for a lot of people now.
0: It becomes overwhelming. I mean, yeah. I, we both in Yeah, China, it's overwhelming. Yeah.
2: yeah, it's too much. And that's why um, I really only do Instagram like actively because I can't like doing it Facebook and Twitter at the same time. It's too much for me.
0: Yeah, I
2: think yeah, most people feel the kind, same way. It's confusing. So true. And then I, it's always nice to like notice that Someone from somewhere in the world likes what I've done. And, and spe- especially if it's someone who's kind of my own idol. Mm.
0: Oh, yeah, I bet. follow me.
2: Follow me or I get hearts from my old idol or my own idol. Yeah. See, I remember cool. uh, first when I got interested about Ikepana, mm-hmm. uh, my idol was Keith Stanley. He's American. I think he lives in Washington. Uh-huh. He had a blog called 365 Days of Ikepana. And I followed it and I was like, oh, God, they are so amazing. <laughs> <laughs> and then, <laughs> then when Keith Stanley started to follow me on Instagram and I liked my post, I was like, oh, oh yeah, this bad. is that's great. So <laughs> <nice>. Yeah. <laughs> Or Akane Tesika Hara, the headmaster of like Soketsu school, or other artists like Rod. Yeah.
0: Well, that's great. They respect what you're doing and they recognize your talent. That's wonderful. Yeah, exactly. You're very fortunate.
1: But what I wanted to ask is um, I love that you developed such a wonderful talent. How do you feel inside when you're working on your Ikebana compositions?
2: Well, Ikebana is supposed to calm you down and give you peace and like a meditation. This okay. is what you hear. <laughs> okay, very but cool. But like the reality is you feel frustration, you feel anger, you are very disappointed at yourself if you can't like handle the technical issues. Mm-hmm. Like, But now maybe I've gone far enough that I have learned something, so now I really start to enjoy it. But <laughs> To be honest, for a very long time, I felt very frustrated and angry at myself and I was crying. (laughs) It was so difficult.
1: That sounds true, I think, for anyone that does anything creative. I think you go through those different emotions, but maybe that's what, you know, builds your creativity even more because you're, even though you're feeling these frustrations and anger and Like, I'm just going to give this up because I've, I've had enough, but then you come back to it and go, you know what? It's okay. I'm going to work through it and I'm going to learn. And you go on to the next step and and not be frustrated with yourself.
0: Creativity is emotionally driven. I mean, it's all about what's going on with you emotionally. Yeah. So I think all those feelings that you've been having, and I'm sure your sensei has had them for years, you know, not every piece of creativity, any of us turn out is ever what we ultimately expect it to be. But for some reason, it seems to get better and better.
2: Yeah. Yeah. It's not easy. <laughs> it's not easy to create. Yeah.
0: Yeah. You know what? I I, I think we've kind of discussed this, but we never really dwell, delved into Japanese ekebana and the style of floral arranging. Could you tell us just a little bit more about it? I know we've talked about it, but maybe probably what we would want to know is it gives you a lot of personal gratification, but the philosophy behind Ichabana, maybe you could say a few words about that.
2: <laughs> Tough question. Like I said earlier, I still consider myself as being a beginner. I'm not a teacher yet even. I think it's like, art like any other art like music or painting so it gives you a possibility to create something new of course in the beginning you have to learn the basic things and you have to do what your sensei says but later you have the freedom and you can create whatever you want and create something new i think that's, and a, you great can... answer. that's a really good answer yeah. that's a super good answer
1: Every time I see one of your creations, to me, they're really like love arrangements because they yeah. bring a beauty and a sense of serenity and, like you said, a meditation aspect to the world. Tell us how you think your floral arrangements inspire people when they see them.
2: I'd like to think that people would get inspired maybe to do Ikebana themselves or you don't have to. Even you don't even have to call it iképána. Just to like arrangement right. and use what you find and do something new and different. That's a cliché maybe, but you don't have to follow any instructions. Like do what you like and uh. try different things and use what you have. Yeah. And publish. don't self censorize yourself. Yeah.
0: Oh, I like that.
2: Yeah. Because I think many people are afraid to publish what they do because they think it's not good enough. But what do you have to lose? Nothing.
0: Nothing. No. True. And you that? never know where it's gonna go. And mm-hmm. it certainly has brought some inspiration and joy into Ing and I's life just Definitely. by looking at your creations. How how is your creative endeavor, how has it helped you in your personal growth and your thoughts in general? What has it done for you personally?
2: Well, I have learned patience. <laughs> like I thought, all the difficulties I have had, but still, I have, I have went on. I didn't like quit. But I have to thank my sensei for that because she keeps encouraging me, mm-hmm. Haiti and persistence. Like so many times, I'm a drop university dropout. <laughs> I'm a applied university dropout. I'm um, all kinds of dropout, but when it comes to Ikebana, I'm not a dropout. I think this is going to be my biggest achievement in life if I get a like teacher's degree. So I'm going to succeed in something. <laughs>
0: I think you've exceeded I found my thing. very well. And you're you're really quite talented at I it.
2: Like, I like what you said.
1: You found your thing. Sometimes we, we have to try on different things. And it's like wearing a shirt that's too tight or too loose. It's like it's not perfect. So you decide not to do it. And it's not because you're not good at following through. It's because it just doesn't fit you right. And I think with Ikebana, this... Totally fit you right. And it feels comfortable and, it, and it's taking, I don't want to say advantage, but really using your talents and making you feel good. And I think that's where it's at for you. But, yeah. you know, you're, you. you're such a creative person to you. And today we were so delighted to chat with you. There's a question that we've been asking everyone that's been on the podcast. And I'm, I'm really curious who you're going to say. If you can sit on a park bench with someone and chat with
2: anyone from
1: the past, who would it be?
2: Well, this is easy. <laughs> oh, good. <laughs> yeah, this is easy. Well, <laughs> I think the answer would be definitely and obviously, Sofu Teshikahara, the founder of the Soketsu Ikepana School of Chanre. Okay. That He makes died sense. in 1979. Yeah.
0: That would be a fascinating conversation, wouldn't it? Well, I agree with Angie, you know, you've been an absolute delight to chat with. I hope more people have the opportunity to see your floral designs. Yes. And Tulia, we really appreciate you taking the time for this interview with Angie and I.
1: Yes. And I want to let everyone know out there, if you want to know more about Tulia, it's Neronin, right? Your last name? Yeah. Okay, I wanted right. to make sure I pronounced it right. Tuya Naronin and her floral designs, mm-hmm. Ikabana. We'll have links in the show notes and also under the show guest tab on com, So everyone can learn more about her and connect with her on social media. Please check out her Instagram. I think you're really going to enjoy it. And thank you so much, Tuya, yeah, for thank joining you, us Julia. today.
0: Have a great evening. I'm really glad you tuned in today. We hope you enjoyed the thoughts and ideas we shared with you.
1: We post a new podcast every week, so remember to subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts so you don't miss an episode. So it's bye for now from my husband, Rod, and I wishing everyone a great day.